This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm your host, Melissa Rao, and this podcast is a conversation on the Four Faith weekly devotional sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe to Four Faith in the episode's description. Bishop, you called this week's Four Faith devotion, Where Does Joy Live? It's the fifth question of your five-part Lenten series based off of the, the top questions people of faith are wrestling with. So to kick us off, I'm wondering if you could summarize the questions surrounding faith and joy that folks posed. Yeah. So again, you know, we uh, we asked people through my uh, public Facebook page, you know, what are the questions that you really are wrestling with right now? We didn't want to sort of talk just lent over people's heads, wanted to be useful. And so people uh, responded in wonderful ways and amazing ways and candid and, uh, and heart-wrenching ways. And uh, there was a, a big group of questions around, you know, where is the joy? Uh, people are watching the news and reading the paper. Even today as we're recording, we're reeling from a, a shooting of, of, uh, of 10 people uh, in Boulder, Colorado. People are bouncing like pinballs from the news to social media, et cetera. And it seems like we're just absolutely surrounded uh, by pain mm -hmm. and ugliness. And, and that doesn't even uh, uh, touch or, or begin to discuss the, the personal pain that people are dealing with, marriages and uh, personal finances, lost jobs, uh, despair, malaise. And so people are asking, I think, um, the right question. And it's like, where is joy? What is joy in all of this? Hmm. Well, I, I have to admit this week's devotion, it may be one of my favorites. Um, you know, I'm not one, I'm not much of a crier, <laughs> like, uh, but after reading it through once, I decided to read it aloud the second time. And honestly, I choked up a bit. Um, I, like you say, joy lives further up the hill than happiness. Um, yeah. And most people I know, they just want to be happy. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you can shed light on the nuances between joy and happiness. Sure, I'll try. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, Alice Walker, you know, had this wonderful, famous quote about the difference between uh, womanism and feminism, uh, uh, calling uh, feminism uh, uh, lavender uh, in comparison to womanism as purple, mm. uh, right? Making the point that, that one is deeper more expansive, et cetera. And so I just, I did a little, I did a little friendly borrowing from Alice, uh, to try to give color. And, and so I think happiness is wonderful. I mean, I'll take some, I'll take a double scoop, frankly speaking, <laughs> uh, of, of happiness, but happiness so often is contingent on happenings. Right. And so what, what to do, what do we have? What's the resource mm. when the happenings cease to happen? You know, does happiness just go away? And then where are we uh, left in despair? So, so joy is the genius of God because joy actually is not just the bright red of happiness, but it, it finds some kind of creative way to mix the deep, dark blue of sorrow. And so joy is, is not the absence of pain. Joy is actually the presence of pain and, and more. Mm -hmm. And so as I, as I argue, you know, the Bible talks about joy in lots of different ways. It says that, that joy is a is a gift and an incentive. It's a companion, a response, and it's a reward. And so, 
So, so I think that joy is, is, is a language. Uh, joy is a language uh, that begins to help us uh, take on an incredible task, which is to talk about how uh, ecstasy and sorrow uh, are cohabitate in our actual lives, in our hearts. And, uh, and, and it just gives us a language going forward. It's, it's also just, it's a gift. The, the Bible says that the joy is a, a gift of the spirit. Uh, and which means that the joy is, is, is fastened on one end to God, who God is, how God is, what God does, what God doesn't do. Uh, I remember in seminary, we had a, I had a fantastic uh, New Testament teacher, Kathy Grieve was her name. So shout out to Kathy Grieve at Virginia Seminary. And uh, I remember, I'll never forget, and this will probably be of absolutely uh, no use to anybody, but uh, Kathy said, and it stuck in my memory, that joy is an eschatological virtue. How about mm. that? <laughs> Which means it comes from a faraway place. It comes from God's uh, constant state uh, in dollops to us here and now. Uh, as a foretaste of what will be our constant state, uh, and so it, it, it's just a, it's a it's a sampler of 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 how we will live, uh, and we can taste it now. And and a little dab will do you, so to speak. You know, a, a little bit of joy in your life can really be like helium. Can really make you buoyant through some incredibly difficult seasons and times and circumstances. So, so joy is, is, is too much to take on in a 17 minute podcast, but, but the beginnings of it uh, is, is that it's about who God is and about how God wants to relate to us. Okay. So I know this is a yes or no question and you won't have to like unpack this. So just to make sure I'm tracking is joy, then the wellspring from which happiness flows. No, I, I mean, I, I think they're interrelated. Sure, okay. I don't think I don't think joy is the 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 absence of happiness. I think they're they're connected together. Sure, but I, I think that joy is just again to the Alice Walker. Uh, it's you know lavender is is a is a lighter shade of purple. It's just that it's not dark purple. Okay, right? right. And yeah. and and happiness in terms of its resilience and durability. Uh, is not what we need when we find ourselves, you know, at life's most difficult circumstances and situations. Yeah. Yeah. So So, like what choked me up mostly was when like you can find joy at the graveside. Yeah. Like honest to God, right in the throat. I was like, yes, like, absolutely. I get that. Um, So I'm wondering then why it's so hard to feel joy when we're, when we're experiencing pain. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing about joy is that you don't really have control over it, right? I mean, it, it sort of, it's, I say, I say that sometimes, you know, joy is, uh, it comes, uh, you know, as we face a, a long standing trial, uh, we make our way and we see little glimpses of God's uh, genius and wisdom and perfect, perfect way in the midst of that. I mean, I think of so many people who have been uh, long sufferers for justice uh, who have been long, I mean, think about Brian Stevenson in the uh, Equal Justice Initiative. I mean, every day for him is not a happy day, but when he puts in five, seven, eight, ten 10 years to release someone who's been wrongly convicted in jail and who's been there for 40 years, that's more than happy. 
That's that's joy. He has realigned the universe. Someone has gone free. There's a there's a rightness to that that is that is deep. And so and, and at the grave, um, you know, we say in our Episcopal church, even at the grave, I make our song. Hallelujah. That's trying to articulate just that. That, yes, yeah. I, I am sad because my beloved is gone. I am sad. I will feel a void and a loss. Simultaneous to that, exactly beside that, is this notion that my beloved is in a place now where there's no more sighing, no more sorrow, no more terrorists, no more taxes, no more trouble of any kind. That my, my beloved is now released into the full joy of, of God. And so I, I, I have my grief and I also have my joy in that uh, uh, I'm standing on God's promises and somehow through the eyes of faith, I believe that mama or daddy or whomever my loved one is, is now resting in the bosom of the Lord. And so it's, it's a hard thing to talk about, but it, it, it lives side by side. And that's why I think joy is actually much more useful if we have to compare much more useful than happiness, because, you know, you know, uh, you know, a, a couple tough uh, seasons or a, a couple, a couple uh, uh, tough circumstances, and you, you know you just burn right through happiness. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. happiness is like that food that's it, it's uh, good on the tongue, but uh, it, it you know you're hungry in thirty minutes. You know, uh, a, a joyous it sticks to the bone, uh, sticks to the belly, and so uh, and so what we want to say, what I want to say is, is that we rejoice ourselves. I mean, that's what the Bible says. So how do we rejoice ourselves? Well, that's really the $64,000 question. And the Bible says again and again and again, in myriad ways, we rejoice ourselves as we think about who God is and how God does what God does. That is how we rejoice ourselves, right? And so we're, 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 uh, Easter is not far from us now here as we record today. And so we rejoice ourselves as we think about Easter in the knowledge that you can whip it, you can be, you can betray it, you can bury it, you can spit on it, you can lynch it on a tree outside the city dump, you can uh, you can bury it underground, you can roll a stone over it, but somehow God will have God's way that causes us joy. Well, friends, stick around, and we'll be right back after a short break. What questions are on your heart this season of Lent? Bishop Wright is embarking on a new series, Five Lenten Questions, to respond to questions asked by our listeners. These questions are centered on the themes of self-examination, when God is silent, building beloved community, bearing witness to truth, and towards joy. Each Wednesday of Lent, there will be a new video and a reflection guide for use on your own or in a group. You can join us by following Bishop Wright on Instagram and Facebook. Welcome back to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Bishop, in your opinion, what are some great ways to tap and share joy? So the tap and share joy, again, is, is um, I think, it, 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 for me, it always it, st- it starts with who God is. And then if it's who God is, then what are the expressions of God that are, that are within reach of, of me? And so the, the old standards for me are music. Uh, you know, I rejoice myself with music when I run out of words and I run out of hope even. And sometimes even when I run out of faith, I borrow some from the singers and from the poets and from the authors. Right. So yeah. that that lifts me sometimes when I cannot lift myself, you know, when my head goes down and I get overwhelmed and 
beaten down by circumstances. When I'm depleted, I poured myself out. I have to go and borrow some joy. And so I go to those old standards. Uh, there's a series on uh, uh, National Geographic right now that's taking us through the life of Aretha Franklin. I, I, I hope to meet Aretha Franklin one day in the great by and by and tell her how she rejoiced <laughs> me, how I rejoiced in her gift, how she pointed me to a reservoir that I had forgotten how to access. So the singers do it, the poets do it, the authors do it, the playwrights do it, the painters do it. We borrow from them. Uh, and nature does it for us. The river walk, uh, amongst the forest, the hike. For me, it's the long, quiet drive when I just let the mind move. It's, it's the quiet time that I have uh, with myself. It's a conversation with my young adult children who uh, I marvel at, this person who I used to change their diapers, and now they're telling me all about the dimensions of the world and how things are going to be. You know, I, I, uh, as, a, as a dad, I listen and I, I listen, you know, sort of winking uh, as, as if to say, wow, there's a lot this kid has got to learn. And simultaneously, Wow, isn't this wonderful? Look at the synapses firing, right? Look at this brain yeah. <laughs> that's moving and shaking. So, so we go, we go to the defaults. We go to the friends. You know, when this is why church is important. Uh, places like church are important where we convene people, and when we convene people, we convene a broad. Uh, a broad cross section of people. And, and I used to love to be in church. And I used to love to say, if you can't sing today because you're beaten down, we'll sing for you. S sit next to somebody who's singing. Uh, I used to tell people, you never, you know, please sing out this morning because you never know who's sitting beside you who needs you to sing. Right. Um, uh, it's it's you know, the, the Bible imagines that we'll be borrowing from one another. So if you're catching hell, maybe I'm catching heaven right now and I can share and vice versa. Right. So 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 joy is is, is a communicable disease. <laughs> right. We can pass it uh, to one another. We know that it's airborne. That is, it comes through speaking and singing. Uh, we know that it is also tactile. Uh, so many times someone's put a hand on a shoulder or held my hand and somehow, right, somehow an, an energy transfer for happened, right? And somehow in that touch or that glance or that act of generosity or charity, somehow I knew God is alive again. And that, you know, and that's joy that, that rejoices me. Uh, that's, the, that sounds like yeah. evangelism. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about that? <laughs> But, you know, what I love about joy, you know, and that what we hate about joy, right, is the same thing we love about God and that we hate about God, right? We can't control it. You can ride it. You can ride like I never surf, but I imagine. I mean, I think I get the principle. You know, you're riding on an energy force that is not of your own. And the best you can do is get on top of it if you can get up on the board and sort of kind of suggest where the board should go. But the wave is what's dominant. So we can we can ride it. Right. But we don't control it. I don't control the blue jay who flies through my backyard and every once in a while stops and gives me a song and a flash of his color. And then he's off again. But I'm left with the experience of having watched him. And I know that there's a wild, alive thing uh, that that lives in close proximity to me that is marvelous to behold. But I can't control it. And so, you know, so, so I think this is what people are saying, you know, is there, is there a pill I can take? Is there a default? Well, yes and no. There are the practices I've already named. But the truth of the matter is, is that, no, you can't control. The church doesn't own it. 
It's not the sole, sole property of the church. The church can point to it, right? And when we get together, one to the other, and two or three are gathered, then we know Christ is in the midst. That's supposed to rejoice us, that we're in fellowship with one another and that God works through the community. But I, I think that that's what's maddening about God, that we can't control God. And at the same time, what we love about God, that God is just a great surprise maker. Mm. Well, you said it's probably my favorite line. You said joy is the only language athletic enough to give yeah. voice to the goodness of God. And so I'm wondering if you could unpack that, that word athletic. What did you mean by that? <laughs> well, you know, uh, Walter Brueggemann talks about the difference between poetry and prose, right? So, so prose is what we use mostly. And, and prose is, is often very adequate in, you know, saying what we need to say, communicating what we need to communicate. But there are truths uh, that, that live beyond prose's, you know, uh, prose ability to adequately describe. And so this is why when we talk about the people that we love, we, we talk in terms of poetry, right? Roses are red, violets are blue, sugar is sweet, and so are you, right? I mean, it's more, it's more than prose, right? And the truth of the matter is if you kiss your beloved's hand, it doesn't taste like sugar, it tastes like salt, right? So it, there, there, there's, a, there's a whole reality, uh, a whole lexicon that is beyond, you know, prose and, and sort of literal thinking that we need as human beings to begin to talk about the human being experience, and so, you know, prose is inadequate to capture God. What the Bible says, you know, no mind, no tongue has ever adequately confessed, you know, uh, who God is. And so we need poetry. And so when we think in terms of joy, you know, which is really ecstasy, right? It's really ecstasy. I, I, think, it's, I think it's funny, you know, the, the old joke is, is that, uh, you know, even the atheist, you know, when they're making love, uh, cries out, oh, my God, or oh, God, you know, <laughs> you know, that that to me is a, is a great joke that points at what I'm trying to say, which is, is that there, 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 there are experiences in life where we need to reach for um, a lexicon, which which is 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 more than our daily lexicon. And, and joy is like that. Um, how do you describe that? I mean, what do we say when something is really intense and beautiful and good? We say it's beyond words. We say it took and my I'm breath saying away. It's like a bull ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty that good. Works. You used it. <laughs> that, that, that works. I mean, but, but, but it is those things. But, you know, again, so what do I rejoice in this morning? I rejoice in, in Boulder, Colorado on yesterday, 10 people were murdered at a grocery store. And a newlywed of a month and a half left his wife outside safely, ran back into the grocery store to care for absolute strangers. A young kid, a young kid, brand newly married, you know, I mean, probably just out of school. He runs back towards an active shooter to care for somebody. That, for me, tells me that there's a new heaven and an earth you know, that is not just an ethereal idea, but it, it lives here with us. And when asked, you know, on morning television, why did you do this? He said, God compelled me. God is alive. God is active. There are people listening. There are people running towards situations just because of the fact of God. And that ought to cause us joy. Amen. 
Well, Bishop, as always, thank you so much for your awesome words. Thank you, listeners, for listening to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. You can keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we'll be back with you next week.